Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast with the Tennessee Initiative of Perinatal Quality Care. And I have a very special guest with us today. She is a friend that I've had for the past couple of years. After I hoodwinked her into going on a trip with me to Azerbaijan, where we taught at a conference in the capital city of Baku and worked with quality improvement initiatives in that country. This is a good friend, Zuzana Kubika. You want to say hello to everybody? Hello. Pleasure to be here. Let me give everybody a brief introduction to you, Zuzana. She is an instructor in pediatrics at the Harvard School of Medicine. She is an attending in pediatrics at the Boston Children's Hospital and she is the director of the Neonatology Network at Boston Children's, also the assistant director in neonatology at South Shore Hospital, which is a private hospital in the suburbs of Boston. And Dr. Kubika has been very involved in quality improvement research over her career and the time she has spent at South Shore. And today she's going to talk to us about one of those projects that I was actually introduced to on our trip to Azerbaijan a couple of years ago, and that is family integrated care. I think this is a really important topic for our physicians and the nurses who work in the NICU to learn about because we are all trying to practice a family-centered care. And so this quality improvement initiative will teach you how to do that better. This is also an important episode for the parents to listen to as well. Hopefully you will learn some things that Dr. Kavika has put into place in her neonatal intensive care unit that you can maybe talk to the nurses and doctors that are taking care of your baby so you can build closer relationships with your care providers and with your baby during this time in the neonatal intensive care unit. Well, Zuzana, let's get started. Let me ask you one simple question just to get us talking. What's something that you believe now that is completely different from what you believed earlier in your career? What's really close to my heart, as you said, it's quality improvement. And one of those topics which are particularly close to my heart is respiratory management of babies. When I was graduating from my fellowship in 2007, I was taught and probably strongly believed, like many other neonatologists, that the only way to make those babies better is to stick them on the ventilator, give them surfactant, maybe even put them on high-frequency oscillators right away from the beginning. And this is the only way to do it. They are just not going to make it otherwise. And ever since we switched completely our management to practically 100% non-invasive ventilation of those babies. And I'm just amazed to see how much better they do, how much better they look, and how this practice also allowed parents to be involved way more from the beginning in baby's care. So this is definitely, to me, mind-blowing, life-changing. And when we look back at those years, we just say, Oh my God, we sucked. We just didn't know what we were doing at that time. 
Why didn't we do it earlier? Yeah, it is a journey, isn't it? Through life and through the practice of medicine to learning things that can make our care of babies better and also make parents have opportunities to be involved in the care of their babies. So certainly getting away from the endotracheal tube, from some of these ventilation modalities that we've used in the past and opening it up to, to simple things like CPAP and high flow nasal cannula can be wonders for the baby, but also wonders for that relationship that we're trying to foster as well in this unnatural environment of the neonatal intensive care unit. So tell us a little bit about this family integrated care. And uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to call it FICARE because it's really hard to say family integrated care as many times as we're going to. So tell us about FICARE. What exactly is that? Introduce our audience to it. First of all, in a nutshell, the concept of family integrated care is the concept of bringing the families to be part of the NICU team. So parents are no longer considered to be visitors, people who are just allowed to touch the baby, maybe change the diaper. They are active participants in baby's care. And as providers, we become more of the teachers and supporters. Obviously, we still respond to changes in vital signs. The nurses keep documenting things the way they were always doing it. But this program allows parents to be very active participants in baby's care. From the beginning to the end, you can see that parents' journey, and they are becoming basically experts in baby's care by the time they go home. So I'm excited to learn more about this, Susanna. Tell our audience just a little bit about the research behind this family integrated care, because we all want to practice evidence-based medicine. And then also, what brought you into this? What motivated you to say, this is something we need to implement in our neonatal intensive care unit? Those are great questions. So first of all, I was watching the families, you know, day in and day out coming to the NICU. And we call it, as you probably call it as well, NICU roller coaster journey. So parents have those ups and downs. And it doesn't even have to be an extremely long journey. I really can understand those parents who stay in the NICU for 120 days, but we also have those parents who just didn't expect to have a baby in the NICU and they stay there for a little bit shorter. And it's still a very difficult time for them. So our NICU was always very family oriented and we were thinking that we are very inclusive, but I always knew that we can do better. And that's where the research came in. Number one, there is a huge amount of evidence showing that the parents in the NICU have way higher stress levels and anxiety levels. There are also some other psychological effects of uh, that NICU stay on the parents, which include difficult adjustment, alteration in parental role, feeling separated from the baby, feeling out of control and losing control over the events. All those factors uh, increase parental stress and anxiety, and all the NICU parents are automatically at higher risk for uh, mental health care issues. And then in 2018, when I was ready to do something about it, to improve care for our parents and babies, this amazing randomized control trial came out from the groups from Canada, 
Australia and New Zealand. This was very nicely done, randomized control trials. So basically the medical evidence doesn't get any better. They included over 800 babies and they implemented family integrated care in many NICUs at the same time. The program was very strict. They required parents to be in the NICU for a certain number of hours. They provided provided classes, etc. So it was very organized. We don't have that requirement in our NICU. We just invite parents to participate. But when they looked at the outcomes, the outcomes were very encouraging. So they noticed that the family integrated care or FICAR improves uh, neonatal outcomes and parental outcomes. So basically for parents, they notice decreased levels of stress and anxiety. And for babies, they notice the increased usage of breast milk and improved weight gain. And they just looked at few things because the trial included so many babies in various hospitals. In our NICU, we are now able to look at some other factors as well. Tell me about that. What have y'all seen in the South Shore as you've implemented this? How has it benefited your parents and your babies? We are just completing the study because I want to approach everything in a kind of scientific way. And we created a questionnaire-based study to look at some other outcomes. And the outcomes we are interested in is not only the anxiety and stress level, but we looked at the NICU team communication between parents and the team. And we are, I don't have the results of the study, we just completed it. But I can tell you that just looking at preliminary data, I can see that it's probably going to affect in a very positive way communication between the parents and the NICU team. And what we also expect to see is a significant improvement in readiness for discharge, which means that the parents, by the time they are ready to go home, the baby's ready to go home, feel way more comfortable about taking care of the baby because they learn so much about the baby during the stay. And they are just ready to take care of the baby at home. We also expect to see that there was less, after discharge, less need for unexpected emergency room visits, Mm -hmm. phone calls to the pediatricians. So we basically expect that the parents are going to be experts in baby's care and they will recognize very easily when it's time to reach out to the healthcare professional because there is something wrong with the baby or they just know the baby very well. And we also expect, we are seeing very nice trend in um, those very complex dischargers, which I'm sure you have seen, Scott. Luckily, we don't see many of those babies nowadays going home on oxygen and with um, monitors. They also are able to take care of those babies. So this is what we are expecting to see from a parental perspective. And from the baby's perspective, I'm going to look at the length of stay. And the same factors or outcomes they looked in the Australian and Canadian study, which is the breast milk usage and the weight gain. We are seeing extremely positive responses from parents. Basically, the questionnaires which we apply to this parents group are coming back with extremely positive ratings. So parents are very excited about FICAR. Parents love the program. 
and they love different aspects of the program, they feel empowered. They feel that they are allowed to be parents and to be part of the team. And they have Good. a very equal voice. Good. So I can see everybody listening in our audience right now, especially the physicians. They're like, I'm ready. You've sold me. We need to implement this into our neonatal intensive care unit. At least that's what I'm thinking. And I'm going to get you to talk about how we would go about implementing this in just a second. But then I see the second question being, well, what are my nurses going to say? Tell me real quick before we talk about implementation, what did the nurses in your NICU say when you approached them with this idea, concerns that they may have had? How did you sell this uh, to, to the team? You know, uh, this is a best question, I think, because... <laughs> That's why I ask it. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I feel like this is the, probably one of the most difficult uh, quality improvements to implement. It really has to do with a huge change in mental model. So we are so used as a healthcare professionals to the fact that we are the one who have skills and knowledge to provide care for the babies. And that's correct. We will still continue making those important decisions and guide the parents through this journey. But there is also a huge evidence behind the fact that when you give parents the power of participation in the care you are going to have uh, actually way better outcomes. And the nurses say now they actually, it's easier for them. So what happens now is sometimes you just watch the parents. I was amazed a few weeks ago, I was sitting behind the desk and just watching parents in special care nurses. What I saw was just really amazing. Parents would come in, wash their hands. They come to the bedside, they look at the monitor and they just look at the clock and see if this is the time to do up the baby, as nurses call it, doing up or, you know, hands-on care. And when the baby is ready, they just start doing the baby up. So basically they check the temperature, they tell the nurse what the temperature is, they change the diaper, they actually have stethoscopes around their, their necks because wow. they, they double check the position of the feeding tube with the nurses. So they listen, <laughs> wow. they, they give thumbs up and they start the feeding. So it, it was really funny, but at the same time, uh, amazing to see how a gigantic change in the care we already achieved. Some nurses were ready for this when we were rolling it out. Some nurses were already doing it. But mm -hmm. many nurses felt, oh, no, we are, we are not going to do this. This is really nerve-wracking. But I think after a while, this is the second year of the program. We just completed two years. I think that 95% of nurses are sold on it. They understand that this was hard to do, hard to let go. But on the other hand, they have actually less work now because they can just watch parents do, doing those things. Of course, they document things the way it would always right. do. It doesn't really change your practice that much. We just need to step back a little bit and allow parents to do um, all those things. But part of the nursing job is education. And I think this is just putting a lot of emphasis on education and teaching. And of course, some people will enjoy this more than some others. So it does take a while to make a change in mental model. What was the most powerful at the beginning when we were rolling it out? I brought the group of former parents so whenever you start, I think it's really important to listen to your actual former parents because they really helped me to build that program. 
because they have amazing feedback. And of course, I wouldn't learn that just from the nurses or other doctors. You just need to listen to your parents. So they, I brought a group of former parents to those teaching sessions because we had pretty intense teaching sessions for the nurses and um, others, all other staff in the NICU. And the parents shared their story. They basically described how important for them it was to be part of the team, to be allowed to do all those things, and how they felt so much better and understood what's going on much better when they were involved. So I think this was very eye-opening for many nurses mm. and those who weren't convinced at the beginning that this is going to work. Because let's be honest, the bulk of this will fall into the nursing because they really do spend the most time with the parents at the bedside. Yes. So talk to me about implementation. So now we've figured out, okay, here's how we're going to get our team to buy into this and I'm ready to implement this in my neonatal intensive care unit. How did you go about doing that? How would you teach others to do that? Mm -hmm. So first, we spent about one year on preparation, and that year was mostly dedicated to uh, build the FICAR app. And the most important part of this project that I was really trying to be extremely inclusive. So I included all the disciplines from our NICU into this app build. So we have not only nurses, nurse practitioners, doctors, but we also had nutritionists, speech therapists, occupational therapists, lactation all those disciplines contributed to parts of the app. So by giving them this kind of assignment, already included them in the project, and they felt it was very beneficial to put all those educational materials together in app format. We didn't want to have links on the computer on some websites. We just knew that parents oftentimes are sitting at the bedside with their own devices anyway, looking at the phones, and we are just the 21st century, so we need to bring it in front of the parents so they can use it. Yeah, uh, so real quick, let me make sure our audience knows what you're talking about, because we're going to mm -hmm. go about this in more detail. You're talking about an app, yep. and you're actually referring to an app that you built for people's phones exactly. that contains all this information. Yep. Tell the audience a little bit about that, because I know this is a huge part of what this FICARE is at South Shore. You can get it from App Store free and upload it to your device. And we basically thought about the fact that we always teach parents something, but the information is very inconsistent. If you go between the nurses, one nurse is going to say this, the other nurse is going to say that, there, is, there are slight differences. So we thought that if we build these educational materials and we will all be using it, we will be speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you can get some of those apps. Some of those apps uh, are built by, uh, I think, much of Dimes has, has one and some other uh, places. But we knew that we want something which is our NICU-specific. Uh, when we have this introduction to the app, pictures of our team, so you can look at people's faces and actually see them. And so we wanted to present parents with the practice we practice in our NICU. And I think it's important for anybody who is thinking about it, but it was a huge amount of work. So it took us about a year to get all those materials together. We were lucky because one of those app vendors was already operating in our hospital. So I didn't actually have to convince anybody to pay for it. They just added to other departments. I think our OB already was using it. I was lucky that I had this technical support, but 
gathering all this information together was a huge task. But including everybody was important. And as I said, we had a pretty intense meetings with the former parent group. So once a month, we would meet and talk about next stages. And so everything was changing. So it's not that we roll it out and we never change it. Basically, based on the nursing feedback, parents' feedback, every few months or a few weeks would tweak things a little bit until we got to the point that right now I think we have the right tools and right format for it. It's always going to be work in progress, but I think the key here is to be very inclusive and include all the NICU team members, and you will always have some people who are more skeptical and not convinced at the beginning. But if you keep going back to how beneficial it is for parents, and if you hear from parents, I was using parents' comments to post them on the board to have all those positive comments. We love FICAR, we love participation in rounds. So I always use those positive reinforcements from parents to keep convincing people that this is the right direction. Okay, so we've got a buildup of an app, then we developed our educational tools. What was the next step that you did to implement this? What does it look like in daily practice, maybe? Next step was obviously also teaching all the NICU team what we are going to do, getting the message across those pretty intense teaching sessions with former parents. And now the next stage was we had to have some tools at the bedside to remind nurses or other team members to use it. So our shared governance came up with this very cute tool. We hang that what we call FIGER baby at the bedside. So you have a baby and there are some skills which we want to teach parents and listed on the baby. For example, bathing, checking the vital signs, changing diapers, checking the position of feeding tube, giving oral medications. And then there is a section for discharge, what, what needs to happen, like mixing formula, pharmacy called, primary care physician chosen. And parents put stickers, which are like star stickers, next to completed skills. And what I heard from parents was amazing and positive feedback. They love it. They see it as a kind of your NICU roadmap or roadmap for this charge. So basically, this gives them a tool and it's used as a positive reinforcement for parents. They are very proud that they completed certain skills. At the same time, we were able to actually add all this FICAR teaching to our computer system. So the nurses actually are able to document the teaching they completed in the computer format. So it gives them a very nice documentation of what was already done and what still needs to be done with the parents. What other components? So we have the bedside teaching, we have app, and then important part is parents' participation at the rounds. The rounds are sometimes very long, but this is the part of the day when the whole NICU team gathers and talks about the events from the last 24 hours and makes a plan for the next day. And it was amazing to see how easy it was for us to include in rounds. So initially, people were a little bit skeptical. Is it going to take forever? Are you going to have trouble because of privacy? Nothing like that happened. We use a sign-out tool. You probably use some sort of sign-off or sign-out tool. And on that tool, we just put parents a cell phone number. And uh, if parents are there in person, they participate in person. If they are not there, which oftentimes they are not because they have other things to do in the morning, dealing with siblings and other chores, 
We just call them. And I would say 99% of parents picks up the phone and loves being part of the rounds. Mm-hmm. So they not only just listen in, and but some parents, you know, like to look at x-rays, lab results. We let them do all those things. But you can see the progression. So over a period of time, when the babies become more of the feeders and growers, parents are not only listening in, but they are giving us advice what works better for the baby. For example, you know, when we get to the feeding stage and progression of oral feedings, Oftentimes, mom would say she or he is doing much better with breastfeeding than the bottles. I would like to do 72-hour trial or 48-hour trial of just breastfeeding. And we definitely listen because we have those parents there all the time and they can see what's going on. Or the mom picked up that the baby is really spitting and then having those desaturation episodes after vitamins. So then we split the vitamins into doses and things improved. So parents have really become very good at watching and observing their babies. So they actually have something to add to the team as well. And we definitely are very open to listening and using those parental feedback at the end. Then when they get close to going home, we also ask them what are the worries, what needs to happen. So parents are really part of the team. So that's the next, yeah. There are two more things. We are two more elements of the FICAR. We have a weekly support groups for the parents done by former parents. And then we have something called BEAT program. So basically for every achievement or milestone, they get a specific BEAT and they can take a bracelet home at the end. So this is like a memory stick they take home after the NICU stay. Yeah, tell us a little bit. So each one of these beads are a separate color and they can, the mothers can make a bracelet with that. Exactly. My mom or dad, they are very proud wearing those bracelets. <laughs> they actually ask for beads. So I was able to go to one of the sites of Fiker in Australia when I was rolling this out. Uh-huh. And um, I did notice that they, they have this bead program and they explained to me what it means. They had uh, many kangaroos and <laughs> other mm-hmm. animals typical for Australia, but we adjusted it to our needs and basically every bead means something. You have a you know color coded or sometimes you can have beads in the shape of bottle. I took my first bottle or things like that. So just a sweet way of reminding parents that there is a progress. Like one of the parents told me, beads were a really nice reminder that we are making progress, even when it mm. felt that we are not making much progress. So it's, it's a reminder for parents that they are really making that progress, even though every day may feel the same, particularly after you have been there for 78 days already. So the parents really like it. So I can hear somebody saying, well, you know, Dr. Kavika must work in a NICU that's just so very, very different from mine. She's in a suburb of Boston somewhere. And of course, she's going to have educated parents and they've got the ability to be there all the time. So somebody who works in a more inner city NICU mm-hmm. or a more rural NICU or maybe a mix or maybe it's one of the big tertiary care centers that are getting people in from multiple different states. How could we implement FICARE in those settings? And and I don't know, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about your NICU. Maybe I've guessed wrong and what your demographics are like, but how can we make this work in a different type of demographic, maybe? Absolutely. I think, Scott, you are right on. Our NICU is more of that probably white middle class than another place. But I always worry about non-English speaking parents, 
parents who are not able to be there all the time, parents who have trouble or trouble commuting, and we do get those parents as well. And I always tell my nurses that it's easy to work with parents where they're 24-7 and they are already there and they want to do those things. But even for those parents who are not able to participate as much, we can do something for them and we need to do something for them. We just need to make sure that when the time comes to take the baby home, they can do it safely. So we are basically working with every single family We recently had quite a few of non-English speaking families. And what we have done, we invited translators in person two times a week to do the FICAR teaching. We actually translated some of those FICAR baby elements to Portuguese. And then we use the translator, the iPad translators to communicate well. So there is, you're right, there is always a way to improve. We actually in Massachusetts, I also, I'm participant in NeoQuick, which is Neonatal Quality Improvement of Massachusetts. And our main project this year is family engagement. And I am on this committee as well. And so obviously our NICU is way more ahead of the game as far as implementing all the elements and other places are struggling, as you said, with maybe slightly different patients, populations, or different demographics. So what hospitals have chosen to do through that NeoQuick family engagement project, every hospital is working on a small PDSA or just quality improvement and picking just one element at the beginning. So what I would always advise people to do is break it down because this is very complex. What we have done, no doubt, it was extremely difficult, extremely complex. And I think maybe not everybody will be successful in implementing all those elements at once. But pick one element of this family engagement or family integrated care you think would be easier to implement at the beginning. So you get a little bit more buy-in and staff is more convinced, people are more convinced that this is doable. For example, some of these hospitals uh, picked as a quality, small quality improvement cycle to create a roadmap for discharge. So they are creating some sort of tools, visual tools for parents at the bedside and the same kind of using stars or stickers or checkoffs to just make sure that 100% of the babies get this and parent this type of education prior to discharge. Or they picked a parent's participation at rounds only. So they found a ways of including parents in rounds like we did. So I think it's breaking down a complex project like that into mm-hmm. at least few smaller projects will make you more successful and will make the team feel like they are actually making progress you don't want to have a situation that everybody just gives up on you. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we all know that parent participation in the care of the babies brings obviously better patient satisfaction with what we're doing. It brings better results. It brings better engagement with the physicians. It's protective for physicians for medical liability issues and things of like that. So we all want to see that happen. Did you, over the two years that you've done this and it may be sort of hard with the, the situation over the past year and a half with the, with the pandemic, but did you see a general increase in the participation levels amongst all of your families? Definitely I did, but I think it was because the nurses were more proactive in introducing the concept. Uh, Every single family you introduce the concept to basically wants to jump on that wagon and they want to do it. I think the nurses were more convinced that this is the model of care that this is how we are going to do things. 
And nowadays, basically, we introduce that concept when we do the, the prenatal consults. And obviously, not every family will have time to get that prenatal consult. But if we do have time, we bring the information about the app. And we say, basically, this is the way we do things at South Shore Hospital. You are going to be part of the team. You will be able to participate at RAMS. And I had some families who actually read the entire app before they were admitted to the NICU. Wow. <laughs> and they were, I was completely shocked, but they were like the best prepared families for the NICU stage because they already read everything. So they, they were just wow. like, give me something else. What else can I do? Yeah. We have so, done all those things. Can we do something else? So Zizana, there's another thing that I know you've been involved in that also goes along with this concept of getting parents involved and a family integrated care model. And that is using webcams in the neonatal intensive care unit, which I think is absolutely fascinating. And I think would be so helpful to our families if every neonatal intensive care unit did this. Just so our audience knows, there was actually a journal article published in the Journal of Perinatology by Dr. Kubica, officially hit the press last month in the Journal of Perinatology. So that's August of 2021. So if you're interested, you can read that to get more information. But I want to use our last few minutes for you to just tell us about how you have implemented webcams in your neonatal intensive care unit as well and what that has meant for your families. So our nursing management was interested in researching this subject. And initially, we only got a few cameras to see how it goes, so to speak. And as you said, it just it's no-brainer when the parents leave the NICU and they cannot be 24-7. They watch the baby from the distance. And if you have those families living farther away, it's really something which the, seems beneficial. But what brought upon the study was a little bit of controversy. So our nurses did not believe that it helps parents. The nurses felt that it adds to the workload because parents sometimes call to fix something they see on the camera. And they felt that it increases parental stress level. And we wanted to see what's the discrepancy between nurses' feelings and standardized testing. So we actually compared a group of parents without webcam use for the period of six months and then another group with the webcam use and we used a standardized uh, stress scoring. And it was extremely clear from the study that webcam decreases parental stress across the board. So there's the evidence what everybody needs to take to their administrators and say, we need webcams. It'll increase your patient satisfaction scores and everybody will be happy. And what was also interesting, it was the opposite of what the nurses were suspecting. So the nurses were afraid that they are being watched or judged based on the webcam. And the parents overwhelmingly admitted that it makes them extremely reassured about the care the baby's receiving. So they felt they had this very positive attitude towards nurses, even then when the webcam was on 24-7. So I think it was helpful to sort it out and it seems like nobody really has done this type of specific questions or study on the webcam use. So I felt it was helpful. As we begin to wrap up today, Zuzana, one of the main messages I hope that our audience has heard is how important it is for us as providers to get these families involved in the care of their babies. And so as we begin to seek to implement this family-centered model into our neonatal intensive care units, what are some parting words of wisdom that you would give our nurses and doctors who are hoping to do that? Where could we begin? 
I always start with the same statement, put yourself in your parents' shoes. Think about if you would have a baby in the NICU, how would you like to be involved? Would you like to be just a visitor and being told, oh no, you can't touch your baby now because it's not the time yet? Or would you like to be that active participant? And actually, my nurses keep telling me the same things. I learned that partially from my nurses. Let the parent be parent. And we know now there is a good body of evidence supporting this approach. So everything is evolving in medicine and in our field as well. And that concept that we are providers and we know the best what to do with the babies is true to some degree. Definitely we got the training. We know how to help those babies. But we really, it's time to bring the parents more into the NICU and allow them to be really a part of the NICU team. Wow, I absolutely love that. So my final question to you, if you could have a gigantic billboard going in to the hospital, the same way everybody goes in, they're driving their cars or on the subway, however they get into the hospital, they pass a big gigantic billboard and it had something for the providers or something for the parents to see every day they're going into the NICU, what would it say? Probably it would say nothing is impossible. It goes along with my life experiences. I grew up in Poland and never in a million years graduating from medical school in Poland would I think that I would be sitting here with you sharing my, so to speak, words of wisdom on something we can implement in the NICUs here in the United States. I have the same approach in my work life Some of those projects seem extremely overwhelming at the beginning. Sometimes I just tell myself, what did I get myself into? But then step by step, if you break down the project and you are persistent and you have a goal in mind, you can definitely achieve that goal. And that's what I'm trying to teach my own kids as well. And I think they have done quite well. Hey, I think that's a message everybody needs to hear. And, you know, we are so thankful to have had the opportunity to just talk to you today, just sit down and have this conversation about how we can understand the importance of the relationships that we're building with our families, how important that dynamic is and the education is and the integration of the care into their little ones that, that we're taking care of can help improve that. So I want to thank you for spending time with us today, for your words of wisdom, for making sure that we know nothing is impossible as we seek to do this. Thank you so much for joining us today on Tip QC's Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee presented by Tip QC. Tip QC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.